0: Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 58 of the Double Density Podcast. Double Density, your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. First things first, Angelo. I think we should give everyone fair warning that next week's episode is a big one if you're a fan of all things Apple, or if you're an Apple detractor, because you want to tell the folks why? Well, we're going to be talking about WWDC, which... As
1: you're listening to this, it was a couple of days ago uh, that it began. The keynote was on Monday, but because of the way our recording schedule falls, we will not be talking about it until next week. But we'll have our little takes on it, and I'm sure they'll be incredibly important to you. So, Angela, what is WWDC? It's the worldwide developer conference that Apple holds once a year. Somewhere in California, it was in San Francisco for the longest time but last year moved to San Diego and it seemed like it was a successful move because a lot of the developers really liked the fact that it's quite a bit cheaper to stay in San Diego than it was in San Francisco.
0: So what happens there?
1: Well, uh, at WWDC, the developers all come together with Apple where they lay out their plans for the next year of their operating systems. So iOS, watch OS, Mac OS, uh, TV OS, and they kind of show you what's going to be happening. Now, the rumor is for this year, and there have been very few leaks as we record this. Hulk Hogan returns. Maybe, but I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> you really threw me off with that.
0: Double density. Let's shift closer to the past than we are presently. Is this part of your dig dug time theory? Yes, it is. And I've discussed this with actually multiple people who kind of understand what I'm saying. So it's kind of interesting to get some validity from people um, in a real world setting. So you've had some feedback about the dig dug theory. Yes, uh, two people actually uh, listened to the episode and agreed with me and thought that perhaps that's how time works. So only two people listen to the episode. Well, two <laughs> people who I interact with at least. Oh, okay. Well, that's
1: actually pretty good. Yeah, two out uh, of most people I interact with in real life don't listen to my podcast. Why
0: is that? I don't know. My <laughs> wife said it's boring. <laughs> how? Well, please make sure that she never leaves an iTunes review. In that case. But uh, I do have a good friend who does listen, and he's had nothing
1: but positive things to say. The only time he was negative about it was when you were mean to me. Well, it's all an act,
0: Angelo. We discussed this, right? You're we're, we're nice guys, and yeah, I don't okay, mean that don't, in don't, a redicent way. Stop. <laughs> it's just okay. <laughs> a real wrestling heavy evening here on Double yeah. Density. Yeah. Anyways, my whole point is like, I want to bring things back from like what we're going to talk about in a future episode to what we want to talk about today. And I think the big thing, and I kind of want to put in a disclaimer, is that this may be the uh, most tinfoil hat kind of episode in the tech section that we're going to get through. Would you agree with that? I would say it's pretty tinfoil hat-y because of the, it's, you know, it's less that and more uh, very Black Mirror-esque not only Black Mirror-esque, but very, very present, right? Instead of theories, these are actual facts. So the first story on the docket for this episode is the fact that Amazon is helping law enforcement um, use facial recognition software in order to pick up people's um, patterns and be able to sort of deduce where they've been to.
1: We're getting close to the uh, spot where uh, TV cop shows were a few years ago, where they were able to identify people like and enhance and like zoom into things and find things right away. What was that show? P- Person of Interest, I think kind of had something like this on there. Yeah. I vaguely remember that show. It was with the guy from Lost and um, Jim Caviezel. Didn't he play Jesus in, yeah, the, in the the the, the passion. passion of Christ? Yeah, there yeah. we go. Uh, so yeah, I was with those two guys and they were able to find people is my vague recollection from just the trailers I saw on television. I did not actually watch the show, but this is Amazon recognition
0: with a K and somehow, I feel, the K makes it seem more evil. Or am oh, I yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I know that they want to make it look like it's proprietary, but it almost makes it proprietary to evil.
1: Yeah. I. And what really gets me is that isn't Jeff Bezos like very liberal and uh,
0: against this sort of thing? Or is he just against this, but not when it comes to making lots of money on it? I think uh, naked capitalism is a thing that exists and I do think that where I just surmise things I'm not suggesting this is a uh, a definite possibility but there is the potential for Jeff and company to want to make more money in this uh, free market economy so uh, that is why they're helping out the uh, police forces of Orlando, Florida and the Washington County Sheriff's Office in Oregon in order to be able to start tracking people and their faces Um, so the ACLU in the states has um, started uh, requisitioning documents related to this because the police forces as well as Amazon themselves are very tight-lipped about what they're doing and you know the police forces are saying you know this is just a training exercise we're actually using agents in order to test this out but a rollout plan could be as easy um, as a flick of the switch really when you really think about it
1: and do you understand exactly what it does like so can it identify people from I guess a database of their driver's licenses or things like that
0: yeah I assume so so uh, your employer actually uses some form of this you know that right my employer yes Cecis? Oh, I'm not supposed to say that. <laughs> wow, delete, delete, delete. The op is over, folks. We need to leave. Shut it down. <laughs> Anyways, I was I was kidding, but actually your your real employer does use some form of facial recognition, as do a lot of other places publicly as well as semi publicly, so I consider um places of higher education semi public places, right? Um but a lot of um different Enterprises, universities, colleges, uh, and even some hospitals, from what I understand, use some form of this in order to track um, p- persons of interest who come through uh, their doors and able to flag them more easily. Um, but this is more of a uh, wide scale um, kind of uh, operation, if you really want to call it that way, because it's not only CCTV, it's CCTV with intent. And this is from Amazon that
1: has a lot of power behind it. Um, Most people don't realize this, but Amazon, their money, yes, they make money from the Amazon store, but a ton of their cash comes from Amazon Web Services, which is basically the backbone of most
0: of the internet. So it turns out that Amazon has about 42% of the cloud market by revenue. Um, After that, you got companies like Microsoft uh, with 15% and uh, 7% for Google's, but by far the uh, biggest... Uh, purveyor, I guess, of internet service and uh, cloud computing and cloud storage, more importantly, is indeed Amazon. So they have a lot of computing power behind them. They can get things like this done very quickly in terms of crunching numbers very, very easily. So it doesn't surprise me that they want to put this to the test. And of course, the next natural thing is using the real world, of course.
1: Yeah. And now that they can easily use this to find people, I wonder what good will come of it. Because This always seems like the type of plot where
0: you intend to have good things happen, but only bad things come of it. I feel like this is a continual kind of theme that we have here, that the ideal versus the reality of things is very, very different, right? Like the usage of these things, um, and we'll get into this later about other stuff, but like, there's a lot of um, information out there that's up for grabs, that's easily attainable and usable and manageable, um, because the interests at heart are purely financial. And also... I don't know if this is connected or not, but Amazon does sell cameras that go in your house. Yes, they definitely do. I, so, you know, like the tinfoil hat conspiracy would be that, like, of course, they're allowing you into your home. So therefore, um, there's probably some measure of spying. I, I, you know, for me, for example, I hang my under no illusion that my devices listen to me, that my websites track me, that nothing about me is that private, right? So I'm kind of, I've, I've made an uneasy peace with that sort of thing. Well, we've discussed it in the past. I have
1: some speakers in my house. Uh, they're by Google and, you know, they have it right in there in the mandate. Google is not evil.
0: So I, I trust well, No, them, no, I no, think. no. So Google got rid of that, right? So. <laughs> I know. Uh Which is something that not everyone has realized, I don't think. Yeah. It's,
1: it's funny how they had always been preachy about not being evil. But now that basically their entire uh, existence relies on them gathering data on people and it's borderline evil. They can't really bank on that anymore.
0: No. I mean, they're busy chasing that all ID dollar, right? So
1: Yeah. And now I'm going back to Amazon, they do have that whole initiative where they want to have the cameras in your house, they want to have uh the, the manual opens the door, yeah. Exactly
0: uh, the, the going into your trunk. It's really strange. The drones, it's the <laughs> oh, start. How did I forget about the trunk thing? We, yeah. uh, we, I don't think we discussed this, but yeah, the idea that Amazon wants, wants to allow people to leave packages in your trunk, which is just a huge mistake if you're looking at a law enforcement uh, angle of it.
1: Yeah. I, I, they're like on both sides of it here. Really. They're trying to help law enforcement with the facial recognition, and then they're going to have to use the facial recognition to decide who actually put something in the trunk.
0: Yeah, I see once again, like I have no illusion that they're collecting some kind of data and about me. um, I don't know how many data points or how, you know, uh, complex they are, but I do uh, have no hesitation believing they're up to doing this. And look, we were talking about Google a second ago. Google's facial
1: recognition is uh, in Google photos anyway. It's both magical and horrifying is how I think about it, because it's incredible how accurate it is. Uh I use facial recognition on in Google Photos but I also have it in um the Apple Photos app. It's fine in the Apple's photo app, but not more than fine. It's doesn't even come close to how accurate Google Photos is. Google Photos can distinguish my children apart from infants uh from when like whereas Apple Photos basically they look the same from age zero to like two years old, it gets both kids confused. Whereas Google Photos nails like both kids' faces
0: at like the time they were born. It's horrifying, but pretty amazing. How do you feel about the fact that you're uh, generally allowing companies to map your children's faces from birth? I'm of two minds of it. Like I said, it's magical and horrifying. I don't think anything bad will come of it. But isn't that something people say in movies? See, uh, I picture, so I picture like a jump now in like 10 years down the road where Skynet is like busy blowing up your house and your kids are running around in the background screaming, dad, dad, why did you do this? Why did you let them map my face? Dad, dad, you doomed us. But for those 10 years before that, Google <laughs> Photos was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I do appreciate your honesty and all of this, Angelo. But speaking of Google, speaking of home assistance, um, speaking of uh, being in your home, though, Alexa has been caught doing some not so great stuff when it pertains to people's conversations. Yeah, I, this is a fun story. In the fact no, that it no, was, no, no. Well, it's, wait. Let
1: Let me explain to you why it's a fun story. It's one of those things where a local news report starts reporting on tech. And we've talked about this in the past, how funny it is when we see like local news reports or even national news reports from people that don't really get tech talking about it and being like horrified. It reminds me of that time there was that video going out on, uh, basically on Facebook and everywhere where people were saying, careful what your iPhone knows about you. Make sure you check off these things and all that. And I'm like, I don't check those off. I like having them on because they're actually helpful and, like nothing they showed me in that video was surprising because i apple doesn't hide it they they tell you like this is what this does you want to turn it off turn it off but what was funny about this is that the coincidences that happened for alexa to be able to actually do
0: what it did were pretty funny and do you kind of want to break it down Yeah, I kind of want to break it down because of the fact that, like, I don't think it's funny um, because there have been other news stories about how subsonic frequencies, a.k.a. uh, different kind of hacking, can make these voice assistants do things that you wouldn't normally let them do, right?
1: Yeah, I think there were some commercials where they would say the trigger words, but they would not actually go off in people's homes because of the way the commercial was made.
0: Right. But in other instances, and there's been a bunch of white papers about this, the idea that you could target a voice assistant using different frequencies that are not necessarily humanly audible is also a bit of an issue. Would dogs be able to hear them? Oh, I don't know if it's dog frequencies. I uh, I haven't seen a correlation between the two, but in this case, this couple having this conversation, right? And uh, Alexa decides to record them and then send it to one of his uh, one of his employees, like right, the husband's employee. I think. Yeah, exactly. In another state. An employee or a uh, client? Yeah. So you also linked to a really interesting uh, article uh, at sixcolors.com about how plausibly uh, they could have been recorded very easily based on the fact that that if they had multiple um, echoes in uh, the same space, not necessarily the same room, but in the same uh, living quarters, that it would be entirely possible. And I do believe it, having used uh, microphones the way that things pick up uh, in the past, I do believe that there is some validity to the argument that can be made that all of these home assistants, these voice assistants, can't necessarily pick up where you're located in uh, in terms of the room in order to better, better service you, right? So they use the strongest uh, voice in order to trigger the closest to voice assistant, but that's not always the case.
1: Well, exactly. This exactly happened the other day. Uh, I was getting dressed in my room. My daughter was asking the uh, assistant in the living room, which is one floor below, uh, what the weather was. And all of a sudden, I heard a voice behind me telling me what the weather would be for the day. And you're and not freaked
0: out about this? Not at all. I mean, it just it's weird how it it messed that up. So you're just ready to be a slave to technology. You're not freaked out that the fact that, uh, you know, the, your voice assistant is talking to you instead of your daughter, who who first activated it a, a floor below, that's not freaky to you? The thing is, is, I understand how these things work,
1: so I'm less freaked out by the things they can do. And uh, the story by Dan Morin at Six Colors he has both the Echo and the HomePod. And he says um, one of the issues with the HomePod is that when he says uh, the magic word, it's weird because it doesn't necessarily always pick up on the HomePod, even though it's supposed to. Or when he's actually trying to trigger his watch or his iPhone, it, the HomePod picks it up. It's it's just weird. One of the things about the, the whole fiasco with this thing sending a message is it is a feature of the Echo that it can call people. And um, in the article, he talks about John Gruber pointing out that disabling this whole messaging thing is something that's much more difficult than turning it on. Turning it on, you just turn it on when you first get an echo. To turn it off, you, you literally have to call. Have to, yeah, yeah, you have to call Amazon. Like it's 1995 or something. Do you, you, have, you have, to have to fax, fax, them. Them, too? fax yeah. them too? Yeah, yeah, Faxing machines, man. Faxing machines.
0: <laughs> See, those will be the savers of the future. Seriously, that's how we're gonna. Uh, that's how we're gonna be able to contact each other when the machines take over. See for me, the thing is that um, a little while ago, I turned off um, Siri voice recognition on my phone because of the fact that, like, I at work, um, I was triggering it without realizing it by talking to my coworkers who have similar names. Yeah, I think you've mentioned this to me, and yeah, so I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of voice recognition, which is why I'm going to keep a voice assistant away from me as much as possible because of the fact that, like, this is not a technology that has been perfected, and it's also a way for people to gather data points about me, right? Yeah, and then I wonder why Google gave, gave me three of them for free. <laughs> yeah. Gee, I wonder. It's, it's all about adopting, right? And you're just a guinea pig. I am, but I do enjoy them. Uh, if not even just for the fact that it's a quick
1: uh, Bluetooth speaker to have around the kitchen when I'm, I want to listen to a podcast and I'm washing dishes or putting away dishes or doing anything dish related. <laughs> so, are you just like a basic dishman? Yes, I am. Uh, it's my job actually to uh, empty the dishwasher uh, in the morning. It's uh, going to be my job tomorrow morning to do that. And I may play something
0: on the Google Home. Uh, Perfect. Now, I think it's time for one of our patented double-density PSAs. Hey, folks, if you own a router, unplug it and replug it. That is according to the FBI, right? And they released an urgent request earlier this week asking people to reset their routers because of the fact that there might be some a Russian-linked malware living inside of your router.
1: Yeah, there's a, a list of routers that are affected, but I think most people are recommending to just
0: reboot your router. Uh, did you reboot your router, Brian? Uh, I did, incidentally, the other day, funnily enough, for an unrelated reason, so I'm in the clear for now. Yeah, I didn't reboot mine because it's not on the list. Well, one, but two, I feel like you have a lessy fair attitude about allowing uh, your Robot Masters into the house. Yeah, I guess.
1: Uh, it's funny because last week or the week before, we talked about uh, Apple discontinuing their routers, and they had good routers and evidenced by the fact that they're not on
0: this list because they weren't penetrated by this uh, malware. Love the use of the word penetrator there, Angelo. Good job, A++. But yes, the funny thing, uh, so we're going to link to a New York Times article. One of my favorite lines in here is, of course, uh, the FBI has made an urgent request to anybody with one of the devices, turn it off and then turn it back on. <laughs> tech support for the agents. Yeah, tech support one one, of course, which I really, really enjoy. But yeah, so apparently like now uh, they're out here infecting all of our routers. Huge surprise, not really. And and uh, NASA's as well, So, uh, which stands for Network Attached
1: Storage. So if you have one of those, you might want to unplug it and plug it back in as well.
0: There we go. Uh, I love the idea of the FBI just mass telling people, turn off and turn on your router. Just, you know, it, it, as you were saying, like it's the first line of defense when it comes to IT dealing with anything. So I feel like this time it's actually a little warranted. I find myself having
1: to tell people to do that all the time.
0: And... What, 90% of the time it actually works? Yeah, absolutely. I do think that there's a lot of merit to doing that a lot of the time. Uh, You know, whether it's clearing your cache or just rebooting your processes or uh, getting rid of Russian linked malware, it's all a good move. I was listening to a podcast last week and they were talking
1: about how uh, they like to reboot their computer at least uh, once or twice a week. I actually rebooted mine last night because it was super windy here. And the last thing I wanted was my power to go out and my computer to just be shut off in the middle of doing something. So I What do you do in the middle of the night? M- what do you mean? On my computer? Yeah. Well, you don't turn off your computer all the time. You just close the lid, right? Uh, I'm like half and half. Really? Yeah. Huh. No, I never really turn off my Mac. It just stays asleep. I reboot it from time to time. But last night I just turned it off completely. And the thing is, it's kind of silly for me to reboot are you, it.
0: Are you secretly messaging your robot overlords? Uh, no no i'm not doing that i i do are you torrenting no i don't torrent things not that often um, <laughs> <laughs> well you know what i now have control of your router so i will decide and see what you see it'd be so funny if my router just went off right now and i'm like where's <laughs> brian uh no i leave my computer on it has processes
1: it does overnight and uh caching and and the such uh, I guess. But no, I, I turned it off completely last night and then turned it on I this morning. I tiptoeing around the word laziness. No, it's not that. And the Convenience. thing is, is my, no, my, my computer actually turns back on really fast. That's the one thing I noticed when I got this Mac from my previous Mac is my other Mac would take as long to come out of sleep as this one takes to actually reboot.
0: All right. So uh, I'm going to chalk it up to laziness. You call it reverse efficiency. That's okay. Well,
1: I've actually timed it from the time it turns on. Like, you've, timed, I,
0: you've timed your boot time. Yeah, it's uh, 15 seconds, 13 to 15 seconds. Oh, it's impressive. This is really sad. Th- is yeah. this like one of the more like the fun activities you do during your day? Because right now, I hope you realize you've outlined the fact that you love doing the dishes, you do them all the time, you time the booting time on your computer, you allow a voice assistant to talk to you when you haven't spoken to it. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't know, man. I don't know. I
1: don't know. Catch me in the woods, dude. This is, uh, this is life in my house. It's very exciting.
0: Do you think two years from now we're going to do like a survivalist, like a tech survivalist podcast? Like one of those like weird um, sort of like, a, you know, like militia types? A double density prepared show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the idea, like this is a transmission from the bunker.
1: We could. Hopefully it doesn't come to that, though. I prefer uh, the current life I have with non-robot overlords. That's a hard word to say. I almost tripped on it.
0: You did very well here your robot your robot overlords as I <laughs> screwed it up to uh love you. uh continue onwards the- like speaking about things that destroy humanity uh let's talk about bitcoin so Bitcoin's nothing but trouble, right? I agree with that. It's a volatile market. Apparently the leading theory now is that only a few people control the majority of bitcoins, therefore controlling the market. And now on top of that, and I think we've talked about this before, but bitcoin is basically ruining our electrical grids. All the advances we've made in saving energy are just going all to
1: hell because of bitcoin. I talked to a few people like that they're not even like tech people and he was uh, and they were talking to me about how they have friends that are buying all these computers to mine Bitcoin as if it's like the savior and the new business venture in the future. But it's not anything that most normal people could really do. By
0: the way, furthermore, I'd like to make a note here on Double Density. We're not calling people normal people. We're calling them normies. Deal with it. You can do that. I say normal people. Uh, Well, we'll agree to disagree, robot boy. Anyways, uh, so yeah, Bitcoin's basically sucking up a lot of electricity from the electrical grid. So here in Quebec actually became a huge issue. And uh, apparently companies are able to target the type of activity that happens and then shut down or throttle electrical output accordingly. You know what? I have no problem with that. Yeah, get out of here, Bitcoiners. Miners. Yeah. Yeah. No miners allowed. Your salty cryptocurrency is not welcome in this household. Until I get some, then, of course, free market dictates that I will use it accordingly. Don't, yeah. Don't throttle my internet, though. Yeah, no. The last bastion of liberty. Angela keeps his computer on all night just to make sure the internet runs, don't you? That's what it is. I figured it out. It controls everything in the house. Does your wife know this? Is that why you always yell at her to keep the computer on? I never yell at my wife. I'd I'd be in big trouble.
1: <sighs> I did. I did actually kind of kick her out of the house, though. She's literally sitting outside because she was talking on the phone. And I have to record my fun little podcast with you.
0: Did you yell all that out, Terry, Were you like, listen, I got to talk into a microphone so you can leave? Well, actually, I'm like, uh, are you almost done? And she's
1: like, Ugh, I'm going to go. He's recording his podcast. Wow. She went outside. Wow.
0: <laughs> you know, if you were like to sit in a dark basement smoking cigars and playing blackjack all night, I feel like she'd be a little more critical. Yeah, I think she doesn't mind my silly little
1: hobby. It's fun. Uh, it doesn't really take up too much family time. I do everything when it's... Uh, when I'm not, uh, when they're not around. Although I was uh, uh, working on some like fun ideas for show artwork that we're kind of thinking about, uh, but uh, the kids were around and they were kind of telling me what to do. And uh, I
0: sent you some examples of that. You sure did. And we are in the midst of sort of revamping things. But to bring things back to Bitcoin, so apparently, according uh, to this press release. Bitcoin is estimated to use half a percent of the world's electric energy by the end of 2018. Now we're talking gigawatts per hour here, bro. Like almost eight gigawatts. That's more than 1.21 gigawatts. Yeah, we could send like six people through time with that. Think about that for a second. I was going
1: to say gigawatts, but it's incorrectly pronounced. But hey.
0: Are you just nerding out right now?
1: Yeah, this is exciting. I'd like back to the future.
0: Speaking of uh, back to the future, the future, things that don't work, the essential phone is essentially (laughs) done, my friend. And I think we predicted this about this time last year, uh, we were saying that we weren't sure that the essential phone would take off. And it did not. And what I love about these things is everybody was like, we linked the Verge article about
1: this, but the Verge was like kind of backing this essential phone. They rated it relatively highly apart from the camera being bad. And everybody just wants something to like take over the iPhone. But you got to make something better than the iPhone. Yeah, you need a you need a good regime toppler. And there is Samsung. They they make uh, phones that people seem to like for some reason. But uh, nothing nothing is going to dethrone Samsung and Apple in terms of profit for phones. And Apple really has a lot of profit in phones. And the Essential Phone being touted as like
0: the iPhone killer. Work. Still hasn't happened. A thing of the past. So Andy Ruman, who of course uh, co-founded uh, Android and basically uh, gave Android life. So funnily enough, you say Samsung. A lot of these Samsung devices operate on an Android OS, but the he's literally claiming to his employees that no one knows about the future of the company, right? So the Essential Phone 2 is dead. They're looking to pivot into the home speaker market, but they're not sure about that. They're really not even sure what they're going to do with the company. They hope that whoever buys them will retain the employees and continue working on whatever project they were working on. But that seems kind of weird if you were to buy a company and then continue with a failing product.
1: Yeah, it's like somebody buying BlackBerry and just going back to the BlackBerry OS.
0: I saw someone in the wild use a BlackBerry last week and it blew my mind. I have slowly seen
1: those numbers dwindle over the past year where before on my commute, it was only Blackberries. Like what I started commuting to from here from in 2008. So the iPhone was barely a year old. So nobody really had those. Then I started seeing, it was mostly flip phones back then, really and then i started seeing a lot of blackberries and then iPhones just took off in i guess about 2010 2011 and then uh the samsung copycat phones started showing up and then uh, the actual good samsung phones started showing up and then more iPhones and just blackberry got eaten
0: even here in canada yeah even though, yeah, it is the home of Blackberry, but yeah, they're totally gone. It was the first time I'd seen one in the wild in about a year, I'd say more or less. So it was kind of jarring to see one. And, uh, it was three guys at a, uh, at a table at a restaurant and two of them were like making jokes about him and, and how bad the idea of a Blackberry was. And he was agreeing with them, but he was waiting for his contract to run out or something. It was like this really weird situation that was, uh, very unfortunate for everyone involved because, uh, he only is allowed to basically, receive and make phone calls and texts more or less because no one develops for the BlackBerry anymore. Well, no, nobody ever really
1: had many apps on the BlackBerry. I'll never forget people uh, scoffing at my iPad that I had saying, Oh, I'm going to use this playbook because I could have flash on it. They're using the stupid commercial where it was all about them being able to use flash. And, uh, I don't know if you know about this, but flash was hot garbage on mobile.
0: Uh, uh, Had I used flash on mobile, I can't remember. I mean, I've had a couple of smartphones and I don't think I've actually had to deal with a flash on one. Well, if you did, your battery would have died in five seconds because it was garbage. There we go. Uh, last on the docket, on the tech side of things, and I feel like it, it kind of ties like a neat bow around everything we've talked about tonight. Uh, I linked you to a long-form New Yorker article all about how the madmen have uh, been overthrown by the mathmen, right? So the idea of big data. So uh, Ken Litta has this great article about sort of like the history of uh, advertising and now the idea of digital advertising and uh, you know data points and collection and how to directly uh, target to yourself and the, the amount of money that people are pouring into Uh, ads both in Google as well as in Facebook predominantly, right? So, And what they're collecting on you and the amount of information out there about you that you probably don't even realize exists is out there. Well, you kind of work in this field and uh, it
1: seems to me like Don Draper's lost his job to a robot.
0: Yeah, I'd say like a series of, well, no, men pointing robots in the right direction, right? Because we can't harvest data and then not do anything with it. So there still needs to be that human component to it. Okay, so basically... You
1: have somebody coming up with the commercials, but now you don't just run the commercials at certain times during certain TV shows or whatever. They're specifically targeted to people on the internet based on what they browse
0: based on almost anything, based on... So, for example, like Google has a page now that you can put all of your information in there and they retain it, right? Names, nicknames, where you work, et cetera, et cetera. Facebook has been harvesting data for years and years and years. And I mean, the uh, recent uproar and congressional hearings have sort of pointed to a lot of that. But yeah, it's a super fascinating article that goes into um, great detail about what people do with data and the history of sort of like geotargeting and targeting the masses and then being able to target specifically to the person's needs and interests.
1: Yeah. And there's, they talk about the five digital giants. There's Facebook, Google, Amazon, Apple, and Microsoft. I would say we've talked about this before, but two out of those five aren't really too much into this game. It's basically Facebook, Google, and Amazon that are really the culprits here. Facebook and Google
0: being the top two. I mean, sure, but at the same time, like they're the only people who have been caught using this because Microsoft and Apple don't need to sell anything to advertisers as of yet. Whereas the others, I feel, um, they're massive amounts of revenue based around this model of requiring money through ad revenue. So therefore, here's information. So until the point where either of those um, corporations hits um, that point where they need to go out there and solicit dollars through ad rev, I don't see that changing. So I think you're right.
1: Yeah, and 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 Tim Cook is on record, and they mentioned Tim Cook here, saying that Apple's all about privacy. They don't they don't want your data. That's why they charge you for everything.
0: I want to believe that, but at the same time, I think if an opportunity arose and they were in a position where they needed, I mean, like look at the way that the, the, that Apple's sort of been going the last couple of years, right? They've kind of stalled out as a market leader, right? And I'm not saying that like it's going downwards, but it's sort of maintaining. I don't know. It's it's going up slower, but it's always kind of going up. Well, I mean, we talked about how the iPhone sales has kind of plateaued, right? And over the last, like, 18 to 24 months, right? So, I mean, well, they haven't
1: plateaued. What happened was there was an anomaly. The iPhone 6 and 6S, and 6 Plus were so huge that they brought the numbers artificially up. And then they came down with the next revision because, well everybody had this pent up demand for bigger iPhones and everybody waiting bought them at that time. And that's why the demand went down. And now we're back up past that point. It's just that we had to go down before we could go back up again.
0: But I mean, like has sales of the iPhone X really gone up all that much? What's an iPhone X? Whatever. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's, it's done well. It hasn't
1: done poorly. That's for sure. Uh, It's made a lot of money. That's, that's the thing. The thing with Apple is that it's not,
0: they don't make, they don't, necessarily sell the most units they make the most money so i was gonna ask is it based on are are you basing iphone x being a success based on um units sold or revenue generated right because i mean it was a little more expensive than your average iphone oh yeah for sure and anecdotally i don't see that many in the wild 2 coworkers of mine have them
1: really no i don't know anyone on my floor that has one And I've hardly seen any around them. Starting to see a few more here and there. Uh, I know a friend of mine has one. He mentioned
0: he had bought one. But, anyways, to cap things off, yeah, I do believe that this uh, New Yorker article is worth a read based upon the ideas that we've uh, spoken on uh, early in this episode about privacy, data points, um, people watching you, how they're collecting and watching you, Uh, you know, all the great things that add up to a great dystopian future of which I am very fearful of. It's a very uh, double density. Uh, article to be sure yeah uh
1: plus we love a good long form i really enjoy that uh, actually i'm not reading any books right now so uh i'm gonna i enjoy long form magazine articles uh mag- is it a magazine article i guess new york yeah. magazine yeah i'd uh, say it is.
0: although speaking of normies you gave me a book with that in the title i sure did and we'll talk about that in a future episode but you have to read the book re- first yes yes i will be reading it uh it's on my uh to-do list it's also a short book which is the good news
1: yeah you said you read it in like an afternoon
0: yeah pretty much it could be one of
1: those episodes where we talk
0: solely about that book we could definitely do that and have people join along with us oh yeah we could read passages you know kind of have some intonation exercises going at the same time some visualizations maybe but before that let's head on over to the paranormal section Angel. I will see you there are you wondering what's up with the latest tech news is the last privacy issue total mumbo jumbo to your ears what about the company that got hacked
1: what does it mean to you Well, look no further. RGBA has you covered. We not only discuss what's happening today in the world of technology and Apple, but we're also reviewing tech products and taking the time to understand all of the real-life implications of the latest hack story. Tune in to RGBA.FM, where my co-host Tyler and I take a weekly dive down the series of tubes to surface news, rumors, and have the occasional coffee discussion or even a tech adventure.
0: Listen to us on RGBA.FM for colorful tech news and reviews. Welcome back to Double density, as always, we are switching gears from tech to the paranormal. Angelo, you wanted to have the floor for a second. You wanted to mention something about aliens, something about invasions. So I'm kind of curious as, as to where you're going to take this. So go ahead. You asked me uh, earlier what I did this weekend and stuff, and I forgot. I, I went to see uh, Infinity War finally after like being out for a month. How was that? I Also, wait, is this your alien invasion that you wanted to talk about? Well, so that's the thing. Like
1: if aliens invaded us like they do in that movie, we'd be screwed because we don't have any superheroes or would they like come out of the woodwork at that point?
0: I think one cannot exist without the other. So I do not think that there are alien species like this necessarily uh, without there being superheroes in existence.
1: Okay. So that like one uh, brings out the other. And okay. That makes sense because yeah, if there's like aliens doing that, I'm sure like some nice aliens are here on earth helping us. And uh, yeah, all that to say, I really liked Infinity War. I know you were kind of down on it, but... I'm down on it because it's half a movie. Yes, I know. I wish, I like, I really want to see... My daughter was like, what's happened? Well, like, this is how it ends? I'm like, yeah, I know. Uh, But I thoroughly enjoyed the last three Marvel movies. They're like my three favorite ones, actually. Uh, Ragnarok
0: and Black Panther, which is incredible. And this was really good. Have we had the discussion? I don't think on the podcast officially how I feel like when I watched black Panther, a lot of it was like what I felt episode one should have looked like in terms of like the, the sort of like the desert look star Wars episode one. Yeah. Huh? Interesting. Anyways, it's just a, a quick sign up. Yeah. I was not a huge fan of, uh, Infinity War. I'm also like a big nerd, right? So I actually read Infinity Gauntlet as a child, um, and so I knew what to expect, except for the weird thing where they're adding uh, a very emotional backstory to Thanos' uh, mythology, which I'm not a huge fan of, but hey, if you want to sort of shoehorn everything into a bunch of superhero movies, this is definitely the place to do that, and it's actually no uh, Batman versus Superman, thankfully. Um, I saw Deadpool 2 last week, and uh, there was an actual joke about that uh, too, which I really appreciated. You are mentioning the Infinity Gauntlet, but the comic book's really different
1: from the movie. The m- movie is basically like what happens before the comic book even starts, because in the comic book, from what I understand, I've never read it, but I've read uh, synopses of it. It basically starts with uh, what Thanos does at the end of this movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of super early in, like, uh, I want to say issue two or three. So I knew what to expect there very, very quickly. And I knew that they were probably going to use that as the crux of the ending of the first half of the movie. So be it. I mean, the next one is out uh, next year. But before that, we have Captain Marvel. We have Ant-Man and Wasp. I don't remember what else we have, but I really no, but do. The, those are the two. I really don't care at this point anymore.
1: Really? No, I'm 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 probably going to see Ant-Man and Wasp because I like the first Ant-Man it was actually really fun. I,
0: so I actually think I might see that because of the fact that like it's not really it's part of the MCU, but it's also not really part of the MCU. And that like it's it it works well as a standalone um sort of franchise, which I'm okay with. All this to
1: say that if an alien like Thanos invades the Earth,
0: even uh, superheroes
1: might not be able to help us. See, very good points. Uh, how do we protect against that, Angelo? uh we had mentioned shotguns in the first time we talked about this but i don't think (laughs) we did mention
0: shotguns actually yes that is correct
1: (laughs) so i don't know what a shotgun would do against
0: thanos though i think it would piss him off like a toothpick would he'd turn the bullets into bubbles Let's get to the meat and potatoes of this section though. So this week I kind of, we've kind of lined up a a number of stories that kind of now have a theme emerging as we talk about them. So this week we're talking about a bunch of cryptids. So a couple of weeks ago we talked about how octopuses may actually uh, be alien in origin. And it turns out we're probably wrong about that. So I'm a little deflated about this, but I'm still hopeful that part of me hopes that it's still true.
1: Well, I hadn't mentioned that I didn't think it held much water. No pun intended. Um, because, well, first of all, we we're reading the article, and these things always get skewed by the news, and uh, we have uh, an article from Live Science where they talked about it, and it's not uh, panspermia, which is the idea that the Earth was seeded by aliens. You
0: know, I waited the whole episode to be the first one to say that word. I told you before we started recording, I can't wait to say this, and what you do is you snatch it right out from my claws. Sorry about that, Brian. Would you like <sighs> floor to talk about panspermia? no uh, I'm okay. Uh, just continue with your stupid octopus thing. I'll be over here
1: well, anyway, uh we're not seated by aliens, we're just life from earth, and uh we're uh, all good about it. thanks,
0: cool, great thanks for covering that jerk <sighs> but yes, so uh th- there are a lot of mysteries that still remain about the idea of the octopus right they're you know they're very sentient they have um camera like move like eyes they move in different ways and the missing sequences of uh, dna in between their closest um, organisms to them is still vast right so there's still a bunch of like missing information between the two from what i understand i mean i'm no biologist nor do i play one on the internet but i do believe that there are a lot of fascinating kind of questions still surrounding the octopus even though they're probably terran in nature a lot of metal gear solid 4 was based on the octopus there's a whole segment in that about that Really? I don't know much about it past Test Solid, so can you illuminate us a little bit on this? Because I have no idea. I haven't played Metal Gear Solid 4 in years. It was one of the first games I got when I got a PS3.
1: And, but there was a whole thing about Snake's camouflage being related to octopuses. And there was some weird, like, actual real video of people being interviewed and talking about the octopus when you
0: were waiting for the game to load. It was really, really odd and very Hideo Kojima. Uh But the fact still remains that there's a lot of like fact-based and sort of like science-based questions involving uh, these fascinating creatures from the deep that we still have uh, little answers to, right? Yeah, and I actually saw a preview for a movie called The Meg. Did you,
1: did you see that preview? When I you have not. To see Infinity War? S- n- no, I did not. Well, it's about Megalodon, and at one point you see a giant squid in the preview that then gets eaten by Megalodon. That's
0: unfortunate. Why would you I do know?
1: That? Well, because well, it kind of saved somebody. Somebody
0: was getting crushed by it. Wrong. And then... The answer is that the animal kingdom is filled with jerks. Well, that's also true. Yeah, <laughs> which is a very verifiable fact. Uh, uh, not unlike uh, the second story tonight that we want to cover. Um, a series of New Zealand researchers want to go uh, into the Loch Ness Lake and collect Loch Ness monster DNA in order to sort of better understand it. Angel, this sounds like a foolhardy mission. What do you think?
1: Yeah, they're not going to find anything because there's nothing there to find. They're going to find DNA of fish and algae. And um, if anything exists, it's Cressy because we have a great picture of it.
0: We're going to go ahead and post that on Twitter for everyone to see. Cressy, a Canadian national treasure. Cressy, we love you. (laughs) Cressy, we believe in you. We hope that you are as squiggly as the uh, crappy line art would suggest that you are. And if nobody knows what we're talking about, please uh, go back and
1: listen to uh, the episode we had with uh, Amber and Andrew of Into the Portal.
0: Was it on the double density episode we talked about, Cressy? I think so. We'll have to double check that. and We'll include that uh, in a tweet or something. But yeah, I think so. Uh, But anyways, getting back to this whole Loch Ness Monster thing. So they want to collect 300 samples of the water at different points in the lake and verify um, and test for DNA. I don't think it's going to be eventful. No, they make it sound like it's a simple process, but it's really
1: not. There's a lot of work to be done. The chances of them finding anything spectacularly strange in that DNA of something that doesn't belong in Loch Ness or they
0: think doesn't belong there, um, I'm betting are pretty low. I'm going to be a little crass here, and I think that they're going to find a lot more human fluids than anything else. And I do mean a variety of human fluids in that water. Some uh, panspermia, maybe? <laughs> or uh the human equivalent to that, we're not going to get into that though, but yeah, so basically, I feel like they wanted a free trip to Scotland, and they didn't know what to do
1: well, actually, in the article, does it one of the scientists mention he was there twenty years ago on vacation?
0: uh yes, it does actually, yes, so there we go, uh mystery solved, Brian, yeah, anyway, so he visited there years ago, and now he wants to go back, I guess. I don't know. It seems like a cheap excuse at this point. I think if you haven't proven, and I mean like there've been multiple documentaries that have done much more intrusive things such as sonar, uh, for days at a time all over the lake. And I don't think that a monster as large as the Loch Ness would escape sonar for that long.
1: No, uh, there's no Loch Ness monster. It's probably a sturgeon. It's probably a mistake or, uh, it's probably a hoax. I don't think it's a combination of all three. Yeah, maybe, uh, Did you ever watch, there's something on Netflix, I can't remember what it's called, I think it's like Greatest Mysteries or something, one of those stupid shows on Netflix, and there's this man who like basically lives on the side of the lake and looks out every day to see if he will
0: see the Loch Ness monster. What would happen if he did see it though? Like how is that changing his life? He only sees it. Like what is that? No, he's got a camera ready. So he just, every morning he wakes up, 745, look for the Loch Ness, 746, brush teeth, 752, put on shoes. Like is that like his real kind of like regular routine now? I think it is. He's a bit oh. of an eccentric. I, I kinda wanna have that job. Anyways, uh with that I don't set, think it pays well. I'm heading down to Florida to find me a skunk ape just as an FYI. Just letting you know this summer that's kind of my plan for a couple weeks. Wake up, brush my teeth, look for the skunk ape. Be careful in Orlando they actually track your face. I would be okay with that. I will wear a disguised mustache and a fake nose. I'll be in
1: Florida too this summer. Maybe we should podcast from
0: Disney World together. Or a swamp. Honey, I'm going out for the night. I'm meeting up with my podcast co-host to go to a swamp and look for a mythical creature that does not exist probably. But see you later. I might ride one of those big fan boats while I'm at it. You know, it'd be fun, actually, to podcast from one of those abandoned parks in Disney World. If we can get in there and uh, find some source of electricity, I'm down. I'll see you around. All right. It's a date. the last thing we want to cover tonight is a very interesting article out of Michigan. Uh, So right outside of Denton, some kind of animal was shot. A mysterious wolf-like creature uh, near Denton was um, shot in mid-May. And it has a lot of people puzzled. Um, So the uh, county uh, folks have decided to send in some DNA samples to figure things out. And uh, so a very couple of interesting kind of suggestions. Some people are saying it is a dog-wolf hybrid. Well, I mean, that's plausible. It could be a grizzly cub. Yeah, and that's sad because then there's a dead grizzly cub I'm looking at, which uh, if you don't want to see like a dead animal, don't go look at this article. Yes, I think we should have added that at the beginning. But yeah, don't click on it if you're not prepared to see what something like this looks like. But more interestingly, some people are kind of out there. They're suggesting things like it might be a dire wolf. Yeah, they watch too much Game of Thrones. Uh, so a dire wolf did exist at one point, right? So, uh, it is an extinct species and, uh, was a prehistoric, um, ferocious dog, uh, that existed that uh, people claim to see every once in a while, which I actually, uh, don't believe in. But Hey, if you want to believe that these are still roaming the earth, much like how people believe giants are right in front of our faces in the United States, then Hey, more power to you. What do you mean giants? Have you not heard how people believe that giants are still in existence right around us and we have no idea? Well, I've
1: heard about people think there's giants around, like there was a whole uh, Astonishing Legends series on that, but I didn't think, like what, like, are they hiding in plain sight or something?
0: Yeah, almost. There's a, there's a, there's a series of uh, believers that actually, I li- I've listened to too much Coast to Coast, yeah. let's just put it that way. All right, interesting. I don't want Wait, to get uh, too deep into that, but some people believe the giants are right in front of us and we can't see them. Not literally, of course, but they, like, they live in areas that we uh, cohabit with them. Interesting. Also, people are uh, more interesting, though, is that they think that it's a dog man. There's a great quote
1: where somebody says they could very well be what's being called dog man. Uh, is a poster from some website, I guess. Uh, they're spotted each day and the government quells any and all reports. Several people report being strong armed into keeping quiet about the reports by men wearing black suits. These are just facts. Look into it if you don't believe it. That's how all these types of posts end. They're facts. I'm just reporting the facts.
0: Look into it. I've done the research. Follow the money. Uh, If you want to head over to dogmanencounters.com, you can read a full report about different dogman encounters. So... uh... My fiance likes to joke that whenever I go into a bookstore to look for esoteric books, she always thinks that I'm in the paranormal romance section. Uh a lot of the images on this Dogman Encounters website basically point towards paranormal romance versions of like lichen uh human interactions, like very sexy looking dogmen. Like they're not ugly. No, they're like werewolves. Yeah, but in all of these images that they have, they're like super buff, like kind of weird and mysterious, like maybe want to get with you. Are they good boys? <laughs> That is for you to decide, Angelo, as you head over to Denton and figure things out. I don't think you want to do that, though.
1: Yeah, I ever notice how weird the uh, paranormal section is in bookstores? It's like always like a tiny shelf and it's mixed in with the weird new age stuff, too.
0: Yes, and that's very, very uh, angering to me. I was in New York recently and that's that was like half of the places. But then I found some pretty great stuff, too, in um, unexpected places. So, yeah, more likely than not, though, yet yeah, is unfortunate that it does end up sort of like bunched together as the other um, in bookstores?
1: The problem is, is that uh, there are quite a few gems in
0: those books, but there's a lot of garbage. Yeah. Well, I mean, like uh, that is a cottage industry that you and I are, are uh, well aware of. And we're also working on our first paranormal book. We won't be discussing it on the air as of yet, but Angelo, suffice it to say that you and I are well into writing it, right? Oh yeah. Far, far into it. Uh, but yeah, uh, the more I read this dogmanencounters.com website, the more I was into the idea of Dogman existing just for fun. It would be fun. It's it's a
1: cryptid I've never really thought of or heard of. And if I have heard of it, I haven't really thought of it very much.
0: Apparently, uh, less than 1% of the eyewitnesses who have shared their encounters with me, me being the webmaster, I guess, claim to have been attacked by the Dogman in the encounters, So think about that. 99% good boy. I think we've solved that mystery. There we go. Thanks. I'm glad he's a good boy. Wrapping things up. This has been episode 58 of the Double Density Podcast. Tune in next week as we do a little bit of a dating game with the dog man. Uh, but until then, Angelo, I shall see you around and on the internet. As always, you can find us over at Twitter double underscore density Facebook slash double density podcast. Same thing on Instagram and head on over to double density to view All of our newest episodes. Find out how you can subscribe to us as well as click on the hosts link to find out a little more about us and uh, click the blog link. Unfortunately, the blog's been a little neglected, but we're trying to fix that. But yeah, go ahead and visit double density density.net for all of your double density needs and with that Angela, i shall see you next week
1: all right i'm gonna go talk to my google home and make sure i'm safe for the coming apocalypse and
0: i shall go yell into a cave great Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to continue. Okay. All right. In that case, let's pick up. Well, the thing you're mentioning the infinity gauntlet. 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 The infinity gauntlet.
1: Uh, you're mentioning the infinity gauntlet, but. Gauntlet. <laughs> Sorry. I, just, I had to. You're rich. Mentioned- <laughs> I will be able to continue. Who was a good boy?